0: And welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Phil Martin. Over the past 35 years, Phil has been involved in theater as a writer, performer, director, and teacher. He is a published playwright, songwriter, and award-winning television writer, having written for the Nashville Now Show on the Old Nashville Network. In addition, Phil is a transformative speaker with a passion for theater. He is the author of two books, Take the Stage. 64 Leadership Lessons Learned from Theater, and Play Hard, Have Fun, A Philosophy for Life. Phil has written 13 musicals, including Fatherhood the Musical. He has also received rave reviews for his one-person show, Gateway, Coming to America. Welcome, Phil. How are you today?
1: I am doing great today, thank you. Yeah, it's been a good day. I've been My wife and I went for a walk, and now we're back and uh, getting ready to do this.
0: Good. I'm happy to have you. This is going to be a lot of fun because you're a theater person, and theater I am indeed are fun, right?
1: <laughs> Let's hope so.
0: Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. Okay.
1: You know, theater people are really introverts at heart. So, I know. I've uh, heard isn't that true. Yeah.
0: I've heard. Yeah. Well, Johnny Carson was an introvert, and yet there yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them I've heard are so.
1: So hopefully I'll come out of my shell.
0: Oh, I think you will. I think you'll come out just fine. (laughs) So that's quite a resume, Phil. I was reading and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, you've been a teacher all these years, but you've done so much more. Like you wrote all those plays and I just can't imagine anyone doing all that. But it took 35 years, but that's a full resume.
1: Yes, it is. I keep telling people I have led an interesting life. And every bit of it was fabulous. You know, I lived in New York City. I toured in Europe for a while. I went to Nashville, became a writer, something I never thought that I would ever do. And uh, the the president of TNN drove up one day to my guard shack. I was a security guard. (laughs) And he rolled down this window and he says, Phil, I hear you're a writer. And I said, yeah. And he says, well, I've got a job for you out of nowhere. Out of nowhere! Oh my gosh! Yeah. How
0: many? How many people ever have that happen?
1: I don't know, but it was very interesting—a scary experience, but one that I have really benefited from over those past many, but many what years. What did he
0: need you to write? What was it?
1: It was for this television show. I was a writer. It was a live ninety-minute variety show. Okay. So we had different guests every night, five nights a week. So I wrote the opening monologue for a guy that really couldn't tell jokes. I wrote any kind of skits, ins and outs of commercials, introductions to the artists. And the best part, the really cool part was that before the show started, I got to interview all the guests. So I, I sat in the green room with all of these very artistic, famous people and said, what would you like to talk about tonight? And we had this nice little conversation. And then I would create a little on a blue card about this size. Uh, the questions that they would want, and I would put them on the desk so that the host knew what the artist wanted to talk about. But that was really funny. You know, I got to sit with Chet Atkins, Roger Miller, Dolly Parton, uh, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings.
0: Oh, my gosh. Minnie Pearl. Minnie Pearl? I love Minnie Pearl. Pearl. Well, I love Dolly Parton, too, but Minnie Pearl was just a treasure. (laughs) She was so different.
1: (laughs) Minnie Pearl had a... uh, special every Friday night on the show on the show where fans would write in their jokes and then we would and Minnie and I miss Sarah Cannon would sit for about two hours together just talking and going through all of these jokes that people would send in until we finally found three that we liked that she liked. But so I, I had a really wonderful Experience wow, with that many, is exciting writing.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, and and someone just came up to you and said, I heard you're a writer, and boom, you got a job. That exciting of a job, too. Not just like, oh, I just need something crazy written, but that was a great job.
1: It was a scary job. I yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, it was great fun, but the pressure of writing a monologue every night, all by my, I mean, Johnny Carson had like 10 writers. And they would put these jokes together. And I'm sitting here all by myself trying to say, is this funny? Is this not funny? Uh, wow. Yeah. Something I never thought I would ever, ever do. But so. But
0: that led to many opening many other doors, didn't it?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. Uh, the, just the experience of being able to write under pressure like that. And then I went on from there, I went on to being a college teacher for the first time and being able to have that pressure of being in front of people. And writing and talking certainly helped in my college career. And then that's where it kind of wound up eventually. So, yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's just so exciting. So on your website, I found a quote that says, you succeed by choice, not by chance. So tell us a little bit about what you mean about that.
1: Okay. This is a perfect example because when I moved to Nashville, I wanted to be a writer, more of a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And you just let people know. It's not that you go around and are pushy about it, but, you know, I, I was a security guard and most of these people, you know, had no dreams of being a writer. Uh, so, you know, why did you move to Nashville? Well, I want to be a writer. I want to do this and that and that. And somehow this message that I gave my choice got around to the president of the park, of the whole complex. So, by you know, I, it was by choice that I sort of moved down there and let people know and it was by chance that he heard it and drove right by, rolled down his window and said, hey, I hear you're a writer. I've got a job for you.
0: Yeah. Amazing. That just usually doesn't happen. That is an amazing story. But again, you made the choice. You moved to Nashville. And so many people are afraid to do that. They won't take that step. They want to be the writer, but they won't take that first step. And you
1: have to, right? Absolutely. Another example. Another example. I, I was in a duo in New York city and we were playing in smoke some country clubs, but there was bands and that we would play between uh, the sets of the bands, the duo. And we were playing, it was actually the very first night we had put ourselves out and we're on the stage. The very first night during our break, this guy didn't know from Adam, you know, I saw him from across the, the, the club and he was walking right towards us and he got there, stuck out his hand, and the first thing he said to me was, how would you like to go to Norway? He was an agent looking for duos to play in the clubs in Norway and Switzerland.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: If we hadn't put ourselves out there by choice, yes. we would have never had this chance.
0: Dance. oh,
1: And of so course we went.
0: So true. <laughs> and people are afraid to put themselves out there. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? But if you're not there, no one can find you, right?
1: That's, that's exactly right. I just got back from Kentucky at a, a conference there where I spoke and I had to put myself out there to let them know I'm available to speak. And I sent them something and they liked it. So they said, yeah, come, come down and speak. You've got to make the choice to do this and the chances will appear.
0: Be that, that is so important. And even as a boomer, you know, we, there's lots of chances out there for us. But again, we have to make the choice to put ourselves out like I'm doing. I started the podcast, I had no experience. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, I think boomers need a place to be able to get some inspiration. You know, there's a lot of channels out there, a lot of podcasts that talk about a lot of things, you know, finances, healthcare. And I'm like, I'm all about inspiration and that's it. I want to inspire boomers to get off the couch, keep moving. If you have a dream that you didn't get to do yet, now's the time. You might have 30 years left. You can do a lot of things in 30 years. In 10 years, you can do a lot.
1: That's what I keep saying is that, you know, I've got a good 20 years in me, I think at least, you know? So I just don't want to sit around and wait for that 20 years to be over. I've got got a list of other books I want to write, uh, other songs that I want to write, other Places, You know, I think I have a, a message that is really good for people to hear, business people, you know, any kind of person that I learned from my days in theater. So, you know, I want to share that with them while I still have the energy and the excitement to do that. So, yeah, there's a lot to do.
0: It's perfect. So that's the message I want to give to all baby boomers. And I have an international audience. I've got people in Norway, in Germany, in Belgium, in Canada, and South Africa. I have people all over the world listening. So, and they're all looking for the same inspiration. We're all the same, no matter what country we come from. People Absolutely, are the same.
1: Absolutely, we are. Might have little little differences here and there, but no, we are really, really 99.9% the same.
0: The culture is different. That's it. The people are the same. We all want the same things. We all want a family. We all want to be happy. We are, so we basically want the same things. So we're the same. So tell us a little bit about your book. I love your book that says play hard, have fun, because I don't think we have enough fun. Any of us. Boomers or younger people, none of us have enough fun anymore. So, what tell us about that?
1: Okay. This started when I was uh, a soccer coach for my kids. And so, right before the game started, I would pull them in and it's, you know, you have a little chant that goes as, as they head out to the field. So I would say, play hard, have fun. So we would do that. And then they'd throw their arms up in the air. So they said, well, what does that really mean? Okay. Well, as an actor, as an actor, if I went on stage and didn't know my lines, That would not be fun. But if I was an actor and I knew my lines and I knew my blocking and I went out out on stage, that is fun, right? So that was kind of the the base of what this was about. If you do the work, if you enjoy what you're doing and put the time and effort in, you're going to have a great time doing it. So, you know, this is not just about getting too many beers on a Friday night. This is about your entire life, the way you look at it, your attitude towards life, that you know, if you if you find something you love, you put in the hard work to do it, it's going to be so much more fun when you do it well. So that was the premise of that book. Yes.
0: And I think a lot of businesses need to look at that too, because I think they're always pushing their people to work harder, work harder, do this, but you got to have fun while you're doing it. You have to have, everybody needs a little downtime, a little fun time. So my daughter works for an office that really incorporates the fun a lot. They do a lot of things together as an office. They go, you know, on picnics, they go to parks, they go out for drinks, they do a lot of things and that kind of helps them bond. And then when they're working, they work together better. Don't you agree?
1: I totally agree. You've got to connect, which is, you know, what what I really talk about connecting, which is a whole lot different than just communicating. But if you want people to come in early and stay late, you make it fun. If you want people to be creative and take risks, you make it fun. If you want people to stay and be part of what you're doing, you make it fun. And, you know, that's a part of the, the culture, as you were talking about. It's a part of the culture that you establish. And yes, that includes... Movie night or popcorn night or a a foosball in the lounge. That's not the only thing, but certainly all of those things together create a culture of fun, which absolutely, you know, the CEO of the Waffle House once said, (laughs) The Waffle (laughs) House. You know, he, he said, We are not in the Waffle business. We are in the people business, in the business of having fun. Right. So it is really important for everybody to be excited about, you know, I was excited about this thing today at 10 with you, to have a chance to uh, chat with you and sort of share some ideas and thoughts and hear a little bit more about you. So yeah, that's great fun.
0: Right. And I'm excited every time I do a podcast, this gets my adrenaline going and I really, really enjoy it. And it gives me so much pleasure in like doing the podcast. And I know it helps a lot of other people as well. So I'm getting a lot out of it. My audience is getting a lot out of it. You're getting, I mean, it's just a win-win all the way around.
1: It is. It is. Well, I just keep sharing this message and I, I get uh, a lot of emails from people a lot of interest from what I'm doing to you say, know, that's a really nice way to look at it. That's, a, you know, I, I've i been communicating with my people, but it hasn't really worked. Now I understand that I need to do more than just say, hello, how are you? And as we pass in the hall, there's a lot more to it than that. So it's exciting and My theatrical background, perhaps, that keeps me driving.
0: Yes. So tell us, how did you go about writing that musical, Fatherhood? The musical. I mean, that just seems to be unusual. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what? what, I mean, Fatherhood can be very funny. So, but what did? What made you decide to go in that direction?
1: Well, I've got three kids, and so Fatherhood was like the thirteenth musical I've written. I'm in theater, especially musical theater. I went to, to school for uh, musical theater playwriting, so you know I have a long history of writing music and musicals. So I kept looking for ideas to that are that were personal to me, that would get me excited. And certainly, you know, one day the light bulb went off and said, "Oh my goodness! I'm you know I'm a father and I love it," and all of these experiences that I've been through. So I got my good friend, Joe Thompson, who wrote the book with me. And we just put this very loving, humorous scope. And it goes from the moment of marriage and, oh, I'm going to be a father from that moment to the to the hospital delivery, to the baby kids, to the teenagers, to when they're grandfathers. And it's, it's five guys in the show, five guys and one woman who plays all of the female parts in the show. And it's just, yeah, we wind up on a bench talking about being grandfathers and how great it is. So it's the whole evolution of being a father. And I love the music because it's very eclectic. It's from different time periods and different styles, which is what I love to do. Uh, that just it, it got me excited about writing all kinds of different styles of music. So That was fun,
0: and I think that's great that you did it about fatherhood because we don't talk enough about fatherhood. Where there's lots of stuff about motherhood and mothers. Yes, and, there and is. We don't <laughs> build up fathers enough. We don't talk about that. You do play an important role in raising our kids. Let's well, hope so. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, and and when fathers are missing from the household, we see the results. They're not good.
1: Yeah, my wife and I were just talking about that this morning. More. Fathers need to be present, need to be there, need to support their kids in all ways. So, yes. yeah,
0: Step so up to it's, the
1: a, pl- it's a wonderful show that I think anybody that sees it, uh, everybody that has seen it seems to really walk away sort of going, that's, that's part of my life. They can relate, relate to it. Either they are a father or have been a father or have a father. Right. Excuse right. me, that's what I meant. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and even the wives say, yeah, that's my dad that's my husband or the kids say, Oh, that's my dad. Yes. Yep. Some, everybody can relate to it in some way.
0: We can. And I, I think, as I said, it's important to build up fatherhood. It's an important aspect. And I think men are, you know, are not as easily they won't say, Oh, I love being a father. Whereas mothers, we say it all the time, that the best thing that ever happened to us was becoming a mother, but fathers don't always say that. And I think we need to hear that more because it is the best thing, isn't it? Becoming a father.
1: Absolutely, it was the greatest change in my life for the good. It was absolutely a wonderful, wonderful. And I had I had been ready to be a father before I actually was, was a father. So I was excited about oh, what's going to lie ahead? What's going? And then suddenly, this little thing is there that you know kept us up all night, and I was usually the one that rocked them, oh, you know, <laughs> at, at two in the morning. Yeah, it just changes your whole activity. The idea of now, not only do I, it's the two of us, but now it's the three of us that are so vitally important. And yeah, it's very cool. And all of my, all of our kids have turned out fabulously well. So that, you know, and and we have 10 grandkids now, so that's, it's just really nice. So yeah, but our, our kids have turned out very, very well.
0: Oh, good. Good. And that's great. You've got 10 grandchildren. That's great. So so tell us where my audience can connect with you. So, And is there any way, if they wanted to find that fatherhood musical, is there any way for them to see one that you did? Is it recorded anywhere?
1: We have a short video clip of it. The best way to do this, the best way to do this, to to get the books or to uh, talk to me. Okay. So my email address is Phil, Phil, at Philip J Martin, one L P H I L I P J M A R T I N dot M E M E. Okay, M E. it's it's an odd one, but
0: yes, yeah. it is. So,
1: <laughs> so, and I get emails from people all all over the country. So I I'd be happy to um, speak to anybody or c- connect with anybody uh, with that. And my website is Philip One L philipjmartin.me, very simple. So you can just plug it in there. Philip J. Martin speaker often uh, will pop it up too. And my two books are on Amazon, Amazon, on Amazon, or you can get them at my website. So yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, I'd love to hear what other baby boomers are doing.
0: Great, right. And maybe someone wants to do that play, Fatherhood, even in a little local theater. That would be a fabulous idea. And if there's someone in my audience who always wanted to be a director or always wanted to do this, you can do it. Talk to Phil, get the play and just do a little local production. It's not that difficult.
1: And the play is so enjoyable for an audience to do, and for the actors because it is just fun. It's very touching and very fun. Five guys, one girl. All the the piano parts are written out. All the it's it's yeah. I'd I'd love to have somebody else do it. It's been a while.
0: I think it would be great for the boomer audience. So if anyone's out there that has an audience that they'd like to do this for, why not? I mean, just talk to Phil and see what you can do. It's not that difficult. I had a niece uh, while I still have a niece, her name's Laura. And when she was (laughs) in high school, she put together a play all by herself. She did all the work and I can't remember what the name of the play was. If It was a popular one rent. Maybe, maybe it was rent, but I'm not, it might've been rent, but she did everything by herself. She rented the stage at her high school. She did the marketing. She pulled out, this was a high school senior. So if she can do it, anybody can do it. And maybe there's someone that always wanted to be a director and just never tried. Well, now's the time to try. Cause you know, you can't fail that bad and you know, it's going <laughs> to bring a lot of joy to other boomers.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you know, failure is very subjective and you learn so much more. It's, and even in the greatest failures, there is great, value and there's great enjoyment to be had. So even if you don't make your money back, which you might think is a failure, the rest of the, you know, connecting with the other actors, connecting with an audience is such a success. You know, how, how can you call that a failure?
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not it's a failure. Not. So no. I think that's a great idea. I'd love to put that out there for people to do, because I think as boomers, we're looking for other ideas, things that we can do. And like you said, you could rent a high school auditorium and put that together, sell tickets and you would make enough money and it would be loads of fun. So I'm just throwing that out there to my audience. I hope someone
1: it's a takes good throw. that
0: in and says, yes, I'm going to do that because I think it's a great idea.
1: <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, I hope to hear some from somebody that would be super. To do it again. It's been a few years.
0: Yeah, that would be great. So, all of uh, Phil's
1: contact information will be in the
0: show notes for those of you who weren't able to write it down. So, you just go to kickassboomers.com and you'll have all of his contact information. Please email him and let's talk about fatherhood. I think that would be great. So, is there one last thought you'd like to leave my boomers with before we go, Phil?
1: One last thought would be if be forever young. Bob Dylan would say, be forever young. You know, I'm now 70, but, you know, I I feel as good as I did when I was 40 and 50, except for a couple ankle <laughs> physical, but, you know, my, my spirit, my whole emphasis is we, you, we've got to stay forever young. If we don't, that's not a good sign. We want to continually do things. I, I'm already on my next project. As I continue to do more and more and more. So I'm, I'm writing a book with my brother who happens to be Steve Martin. Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Not, not the that real
0: Steve. Not Steve.
1: <laughs> Not the wild and crazy guy with <laughs> the arrow through his head, but my brother is Steve Martin. And he is a wild and crazy guy. But not but not that but wild not and that crazy.
0: No.
1: Not that guy. So we're writing a book, and um I you know, I'm Doing other speeches and so it you, you know you've got to stay forever young and great uh, you so yeah that That's that, the that mind would be my active, thought
0: the body active the spirit active all of that is very very important
1: you got it Terry
0: so true so it's been wonderful chatting with you this was loads of fun I appreciate I hope it. my audience enjoyed it I certainly did.
1: Great. We'll do it again sometime, maybe.
0: I hope so. Yeah, we will. <laughs> when you write your next book, let me know and we'll do it again.
1: Okay. That sounds fantastic. And, and I'll bring my brother on, my Steve Martin, my brother. There
0: you go. Steve Martin. that I'll advertise. Steve Martin will be on the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's it. Great.
0: So much fun. Right. This has been great. Thank you so much, Bill.
1: Thank you, Terry.
0: You're welcome.